Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another delightful discussion on all things well-being. Today's podcast, oops, I forgot to say, I'm Dr. Kimberly Quinn, and it is my honor and privilege to help help those of you become the boss of your brain, as there's nothing more important. Thoughts come first, feelings come second, and then actions or behaviors come last. And so it is therefore imperative to get a grip on our thoughts and learn to practice thought control. Today, we will be talking about, um, you know, personal freedom and how free you think you really are. And so, um, if some of you watch the YouTube, by the way, podcasts and YouTube, they have the same title. They're very similar. They're not exactly the same because I don't, first of all, for the podcast, I often like read little bits from, from uh, articles and things. I'm not sure if I will today or not. And obviously, I don't do that on the uh, on the um, you know the video version, and and also depends where my mind goes. But anyway, so personal freedom. I am a, I am a huge freedom person. So I was just inspired, um, but I don't even know where. But I was just driving my jeep, and I'm like, oh wait, let's do that. And uh, I I did this class in my Minecraft class. It was just Monday, and I did an activity I do every single year when we when we do the topic of leisure and freedom because they're connected they are very very connected and then that rolls into um where we go after that which is which is uh motivation and flow and creativity so it all kind of goes together like peas and carrots so it's interesting though it kind of amazes me especially those on the authentic path such as myself and all of you listening or you wouldn't be listening right um is that people can be self-aware in so many different ways you know they can understand uh, which situations, you know, can be triggering for them. If they've had trauma in the past, they can, you know, realize whatever threshold of simulation works for them, you know, as far as socially to be able to say, yeah, I'll go out that night. And, but after that, it's, I'm going to binge watch something because I'm introverted and I need to cheat, recharge my batteries, doing something quiet or just stay home with my partner or whatever. And they're self-aware in just so many ways. However, uh, they often don't stop to have the conversation with themselves. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, you know, because we are we're so, you know, good at prioritizing other people, which is also important. We want to be good people. I don't want to say that. But we'll stop and listen when they've got something going on or they're unsure about a relationship or it feels like their relationship isn't healthy anymore or they've outgrown it or whatever. And we stop and listen because they're trying to sort this out, which is a good thing to do. We're not saying it isn't. And so this is like an add, not subtract situation because so often we do prioritize those, you know, amazing ones in our lives. Again, great, though, you know, we also need to do that for ourselves. And I think rarely do we stop and have conversations with ourselves at all. I mean, just no tech on, preferably out in the woods. That's my thing, as you know. And if that isn't your life because you're in an urban area, then find something somewhere with solitude, preferably, because that's, you know, the way to really, you know, Truly be by yourself and turn up, unplug the drugs and all that stuff, no technology, and really think about how free you are. So, and really feel it's really more of a feel. And so, here's I'm gonna try to describe to you, and you can get the visual. Okay, so we first of all talk about what, um, what it means to be free a little bit, and then, uh, I, I have we'll have put before the class started, I, I put um, four signs up on the walls of the classroom. And they're kind of in order. So usually they're neon and cool looking. So uh, Monday had two like uh, neon, like lime green ones and two light purple ones. 
have to be light enough to be able to use a marker on. And what the one at the at the uh, let's say um, western corner, actually over by the Adirondacks and Lake Champlain, right on the wall said uh, totally free and had a smiley face with a big smile on. My usual stick figure artwork. And then the one on the whoops, I want the umbrella. Okay, because of the wind. The one right next to that, which would be on the um, west, north, uh, sorry, north wall. Okay, it doesn't matter. I'm just trying to get a visual myself. So the next, the other wall, right next to it, would have said pretty much free. And there's a smiley face there with a smiley, but not like Cheshire Cat smile like the other one. It's kind of like a little bit less of a smile, but still a smile because pretty much free. Then move over to the right, like in a circle, uh, clockwise. There is somewhat free. And there's kind of like a subtle, itty-bitty, almost can't tell it's a smile, smile. And then on the wall um, that would loop right around, there's not free at all. And that one had a, a face with like a flat flat line, you know, flat um, mouth. And and also the, the eyes and a little curly cue I do on the top. And also it was, it, I made this little stick figure behind bars um, to metaphorically represent you know, completely feeling not free. And this is all about, you know, our, our emotional, personal, personal, emotional, spiritual freedom and maybe physical freedom. We talked about that as well. And so what I do is we, we I have students think about what freedom means to them. And, and I don't give them, I don't put anything in their heads because I don't put anything in anybody's head, you know, but it, it's, they're young adults. They have their own uh, ideas of what freedom is. And I make a point of that. You know, I'll say that, you know, Mara's freedom is not the same as Jonathan's, is not the same as um, Mohammed's, is not the same as Jenny's, you know, whatever, because they're all going to be different. And so then I have them stand up and ask them, just according to their own, the rules they set in their head, what freedom means to them before we even discuss it. And I have I ask them to go stand next to the sign that most that most accurately represents how free they feel. Okay, so remember we've got um, I feel totally free. It's not to me that almost says Zen monk, right? But I don't say that to them. And then next to it, pretty much free. Next to that, somewhat free. Next to that, not free at all. And that's the one with the bars, right? And and I tell them also, if you're not sure if it's between not free at all and somewhat free, you can stand kind of in the middle of those. It doesn't. You don't have to stand right by the sign. You can be kind of like, you know, in the middle. And typically each year, it's very it's very very similar. So it's kind of like a bell curve. It's more like a pear shape. Because I typically have a couple, two or three, in the not free at all area. Um, as we move to somewhat free, it starts to get more and more students. And then we get as we go towards pretty much free, not actually by the sign itself, but in between somewhat free and pretty much free, there's more and more students. A few right in front of the sign are pretty much free. And then the other side of the bell is I usually have like maybe two or three students feeling totally free. And that's, that's very characteristic of, of most years. You know, so then they're all standing there, and we process while they're standing there. So um, usually I have somebody scribe for me because my handwriting's horrific, but not for this one because I don't want anyone to miss out. So I'm writing with my horrific handwriting, and I write, what, is, what does it mean to be free on the whiteboard? And it just rolls out of them. And, it, and I said, it can also, you can also roll out of you what it means to not be free, because you will realize rather quickly it's, it's the same list. And so realizing that they're mostly, mostly in the 18 to 22 range, with emphasis on 18 and 19, um, they say that money all, usually comes up. So finances, 
and um, having your own opinions, being who you are. That rolls it usually into gender and sexuality, uh, race, and then racism, and um, how much they have to work outside of their schoolwork, their school workload, um, internships, parent, uh, parental expectations, society expectations. Sometimes they get global and say other things, but there's just so much that goes into it. And I have yet to not have mental health stuff come up. And then out of that sort of umbrella of mental health, they start to get more particular. Sometimes they self-disclose. You know, I don't feel at all because my, no matter where I go, even if I have enough money for my work study or my parents, because that's the case with many of them, I don't feel free at all, even though I have money. You know, I have this beautiful dorm room. And and a lot of them, actually most of them, because Minecraft, we do a lot of gratitude stuff. Um, they do feel grateful, you know, for being at Champlain with this beautiful view and, um, you know, the dorms and, and uh, appreciating their friends and all this other stuff. It's not always the case. Obviously, obviously, sometimes there's roommate issues and things. But for the most part, that isn't the case here. And if anything, it makes them feel guilty, which is not what we want. We talk about that. But they have all this stuff and they say, and still I don't feel free because wherever I go, my, you know, my mind is with me. And, you know, I have obsessive compulsive thinking. I have generalized anxiety. I have, I ruminate a lot. You know, it's all the what is, you know, I am not enough self-deprecating feedback loop. And they often really, uh, really talk about much of this. And that's not all. They talk a lot about the expectations and falling short um, with parents, things like that. But then it was interesting because um, it was a very long time ago. It was probably like eight years ago. I'm not sure. But I did this activity and I could not have scripted it better. It was just beautiful. It was kind of like when you're the parent driving your teenagers like to a movie or something and they forget you're driving. So they in the back seat and they start talking about stuff that they don't think you're listening to, which of course you're tuning into the whole thing. Um, but it kind of felt like that. So I just stepped back and this was also a bigger class at that time. Cause back then it was, it was just like up to like 24 or so, which is a lot for Champlain. We usually have like 15, 17, something like that. But this class was a bit bigger, so I had like maybe three or four, mostly first year, standing by the not free at all sign, like right there. And on the other opposite end, I had, but they weren't right in front of the sign, but they were right next to it, totally free. And they were, I think they were like six of them, actually, five or six. And they were mostly seniors and maybe a junior. And the first years very courageously started saying exactly that. I have this, I have that. My parents are good enough to be able to send me here with financial aid. I got good financial aid, blah, 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 blah. And I, and I can be here. And this is such a privilege. And yet I don't feel free. And out it came about, you know, sometimes not being able to go out and the pressure to go out and the, and the social anxiety and all this fear about FOMO, right? Fear of missing out and fear that if they say no three times in a row, that, that they won't be asked to go anymore with the friend group. Anxiety sometimes about walking across campus. We're not talking about nighttime stuff. I mean, just just doing the daily routine, the ruminating, the perseverating, and and just being so trapped and stuck in their heads and prevented from living their fullest life, really. It's just pouring out of them. And then, again, I couldn't have scripted this better. The seniors, I think the junior, just had this direct conversation with them. I just kind of pressed myself against the wall and stayed out of it. And they said very humbly and honestly and authentically, that had we done this activity three years ago, you know, the seniors are saying, we would have been standing right where you are because I, too, couldn't get out of my dorm. I had to go to counseling. I had to 
start some medication because I was afraid I was going to fail out of school. My parents would have been disappointed, never all the mo- never mind all the money. Um, I've had other students say, well, I was a first gen. I felt like I had the whole the honor of the entire family on my shoulders. It was so much to carry and, and I was self-sabotaging and I was going to fail out and that, 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 I did this and that and this and exercise and, and this and that. And of course, counseling and, and nutrition and, and they just were so positive giving these first years hope, really good hope. And it, it's no, there's no better place for that to come than their peers. And they were just so wonderfully honest and vulnerable and, it, and so much strength came out of it that, uh, you know, you could have you heard a, a pin drop in, in Kansas because the whole class was just listening to this authentic conversation about what can rob us of our freedom, which is in, in essence robbing us of our most precious life minutes. Now, I know for me as a, as a big freedom person, I'm so aware of this because I'm just, I'm, I almost want to say programmed. I am very free-spirited, which I think my husband's still in a little bit of shock, even at 30-whatever years we're married. It's lot, Let's just say we're married a very long time, but it's over three decades anyway. It, but you know, to have a, a, a husband who I love dearly and five amazing young adult children, the Fab Five, plus a couple extras we, we've acquired by love, um, Anna and Peter, and... Uh, I feel so free. I feel, I, I, I hesitate to say 100% free because that 100% doesn't really exist anywhere, right? And I'm not a Zen monk eating yogurt in a cave in, you know, Tibet or something. But I feel awfully free. And it's interesting because I've, I had actually a couple of moments um, just two weeks ago. And we're not talking the scale of freaking, it was just like a, 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 on the scale of things, it was just actually two of them, two things close together, a few weeks together. They're mild. But they, I, I call it a splinter, and anybody who knows me knows what I mean. Like, when anything gets in the way of my freedom or happiness, like it's a relationship thing, and it doesn't mean that it necessarily has to be fixed because it might just be about me changing my dance. My, my very best friend from growing up um, taught me that a, a while ago. She's a big fan of changing your dance because when it comes right down to it, we can't control other people or any or situations, usually, you know. Um, and so uh, whatever it is that, that the relationship thing isn't necessarily something that needs to be fixed. Now, sometimes it does. And one of these things was kind of like a blend. And the other thing was a total change my dance. Because the behavior that's going on is just kind of just not something I was interested in and whatever. And, um, and then that's resolved because I could just poof, let it go. And, and when something's, you know, bothering me, even on this, these were both, neither of these things were huge, like I said, and not at all. Uh, but they still feel like a splinter, and I don't, almost don't feel like I can go on with my day unless, unless I, I like, you know, pull out the splinter with the tweezers. I just have to. And again, it doesn't mean fix it. It doesn't make it go away necessarily. It can mean that because one of those was again a blend of that, like a talk about it, make a change situation. The other situation was cha- just change the dance. But with changing the dance and letting it go, that that gives me resolution because just like the other episodes you're talking about, you know, detaching. You know, I was, I was the other situation, not the blending one, the other one. I got kind of a short term, the short term, I was a little bit too attached to that. And it didn't involve me. Like, and I knew better, but I was like, ooh. And so I, after I decided, you know, what am I doing with that? Detach, let it go. Like, who cares? And then I was, I, then I was good. And I felt free again. You know, I felt right back in my, 
right back in my skin at, at let's say 99% free again. And because life does do that with us and um in uh, the what was that Sans- Sanskrit word for shenpa I think it is. We did an episode on that uh, a long time ago. When we that's sort of like when we bite the hook on something we don't really want to. It's some drama, it's some gossip, some work, who knows. And we we hopefully resist that temptation every once in a while. We do, right? Because maybe we're tired or we're not thinking or we're on autopilot. We kind of bite the hook and get roped in for just a short bit. But then when we realize it, we can then jump. We can then climb out. And that's that's what I do because I'm very aware of my my happiness level, my freedom level. Because I do have this conversation with myself frequently. And what's cool about this, like we said before, is once you're on the Minecraft trail, right, the path to authenticity Even when you bite that hook in the short term, then you snap out of it. And you're like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Can't control her, can't control him, them, whatever. Don't want any part of the behavior. Go with God and have fun with it. They don't even need to know. Smile and nod, change your dance, right? When we can not bite the hook, or we bite it, realize it, and snap out of it, we can return pretty quickly. Because the thing is, once you're on the path to authenticity, um. The switch can't really ever be turned off because you already you already know what a better life it is. You know, it's like being it's like we're velveteen rabbits. If you've ever read the book The Velveteen Rabbit, it's a kids book that's I really like actually. It's kind of like so the, the Velveteen Rabbit book is about once you become real, you can't become unreal again. Can you get off track a little? Yeah, but the thing is, it's almost like sirens go off, like spiritual sirens, emotional sirens. Like neon signs in Vegas, or at least for me, that's what it seems like. Hey, wait, whoa, what are you doing? You know better than this. This was lesson, you know, number two twelve. You did that. You passed the quiz. What are you doing? And it's like a refresher course, which is kind of what I'm telling you with those two situations. So, here's the thing: make sure with all the other self awareness things you do that you do a freedom checkup on yourself. Go for a walk in the woods, or if you get if you're urban, try to find a park or some place that's really zen and quiet, or You got a place in your apartment or house that you have your own space, good for you, and really have a heart to heart with yourself about how free do you really feel, all the way around, whatever that means for you. Freedom to be yourself, freedom to do your thing, freedom to travel, freedom, whatever, inside and out and upside down, freedom to be you. Have a chat with yourself. Okay, this is a great place to wind up. It's like. Natural closure. I'm all about the natural. Okay, so this is Kimberly Quinn signing off from Northern Vermont. Have a mindful, very free day.